Hello, listeners. This is Keith Feltner-Smith here, waking up from my all-star weekend nap, as I'm sure many of you are as well. Just wanted to set the table for the episode this week. In case you're not caught up, last week we had Evan McCarthy on of EvanM.com. That is E-V-A-N-E-M.com. Go and check out that website. Some of the sickest prints you will ever find of NBA players, musicians, many other artists around. Uh, Evan does wonderful work. He is also a Blazers super fan, so we had him on to break down all the details of the CJ McCollum trade, sending CJ down to New Orleans where Evan is currently located. Now this week, Chris and I got together to discuss the rest of the Blazers trade deadline moves, what's coming next for the team, and also just to kind of revel in uh, and enjoy Penny Simons and some of the production he's been putting on. Some of the production the entire Blazers roster has been putting on. It's been a really fun surprise to watch the basketball in this last little stretch. But also, beyond breaking down the deadline moves and everything that we've recently gone through, we put out a prompt for listener questions. And normally, we get a few of these in. We get some from our Discord family. We get some from our, our Twitter friends. But this week, you dudes came through. All of you delivered so big time on the listener questions that, that basically, we had too much. We couldn't fit it into a C block or an extra segment on the end of the episode where we were discussing the deadline moves and, and Penny's awesome play recently. So what we're doing instead is next week, we're going to have our first mailbag episode ever. I am so excited. I can't even tell you how excited I am to have our first episode of just listener questions. It's an excellent kind of a mark of pride for podcasters, I'd say, to have that kind of engagement. Today, though, enjoy this somewhat raw episode breaking down the rest of the Blazers trades, just kind of summarizing everything that we've all gone through as a, as a fan base recently. And then send in even more of your listener questions. Let's get this really filled up for a full episode next week. Chris and I will go through all of it. And it doesn't have to be just basketball here either. We already have a number of questions in about Power Rangers versus Voltron. We have uh, some about Mortal Kombat. We'll be talking other video games as well. Uh, Dead by Daylight is a big thing for Chris and I. If you're into that one, please send us uh, your opinions on favorite killers, survivors, and others. I also love talking about dogs or about hiking, bread, uh, you know, long walks on the beach and all that kind of stuff. No, uh, point being, we are here to talk about more than just hoops. Please send us in all of your questions and we will discuss it on the next episode. For now, it's time to break down the massive and long-awaited changes that the Blazers have made and, you know, kind of change the direction that this team is taking. So let's get to it. Hello, Rip City, to all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs. Thank you for tuning in here with you from Hood River. My name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me, as always, the on-time Hawaiian, the master of segues, Mr. Professional Christopher Joseph Burkhardt. Oh. I just want to point out that started off by calling me, you know, Bully Burkhart, and you, you, you've slowly changed into <laughs> the master of segues, but I, I just want to point out that both of those came naturally. They were not forced upon anyone. There was no campaign on Discord or Twitter to have my nickname be Bully Burkhart or the master of segues. Oh, don't you dare. Hawaiian, the three nicknames you've given me. They all came organically, Keith. Once again, proving my point that the only logical way to give a player or anyone a nickname is organically. That's fair. That's fair. And look, let's also point out 
that all of those nicknames, Bully, Master Segways, Mr. Professional, The On-Time Hawaiian, those all came from yours truly, Mr. Keith Felton Smith over here, as did Penny Simon. So to me, it's I may just be the master of nicknames. You're the master of segues. I can be the master of of uh, of, of handing out these nicknames because I feel like it's a it's a real talent. It's a real skill that I've been blessed with on this end. And uh, you know, I, I just we laid it out in the Discord earlier today. I made my case. I, I get why people like Anne. It's easy. It's familiar. It's it's comfy. But there's plenty of logic. Plenty of reasoning. To look at uh, Anthony Simons as being Penny Simons for the future, and as far as his his marketing campaign, which is the thing that matters to NBA players and star players, eh, you know, I'm not giving up. My, I, if if nothing else, I am only reinforced in how right I am to keep pushing this Penny Simons campaign. Uh, the the nickname campaign continues. You sir have chosen a weird hill to die on. <laughs> I'm not dying on it. We're surviving on this, man. We're. All right, let's start the rambling for this week, though. Uh, Love, Hugs, and Hate Mail launching right into America's favorite segment, not just the listeners of this podcast, but it's quickly grown into America's favorite segment on any podcast anywhere. Love, Hugs, and Hate Mail here on the Trailcasters. Chris, I've gone first the last couple weeks. Let me hand it back to you. How how are you feeling? Where is your love going this week, my friend? I'm going to send my love to Joe Cronin. We've had a lot of talk about uh, the trade deadline, what they did and didn't do. If you've had a chance to listen to the latest uh, edition of the pull-up pod with CJ McCollum, he talked about being traded to New Orleans and what it felt like and and how, you know, he had a say in where he went, which was nice and was very uh, complimentary of the process. Within that, too, also had some very very kind words and spoke highly of Joe Cronin, which uh, I think speaks volumes because you don't see a lot of guys on their way out over the last eight years, right? Who did, you know, oh yeah, it was a great process. I really want to, yeah, Neil was a professional the whole time and this and that. And and that's less <laughs> of a knock on Neil, um, honestly. And just how often do you hear a guy kind of talk about, be, uh, you know, how well the GM handled the situation of them being traded and, and CJ on the other hand, very complimentary Joe, uh, Joe Cronin. So yeah, I'm going to send my love that way for, for making sure that a guy who yes, was linked to a lot of trade rumors and, and fans wanted out just because they knew they could maybe get something back. Uh, but it still hurt to watch him leave. I think Joe handled it the best way, yeah. uh, for a guy who deserved to go out, um, on his terms. So yeah, love goes to Joe Cronin. Shout out to Joe. We gave a lot of our send off to CJ last week as well. Uh, it, just like you're saying, it's been great to have him in Portland. He's done unquantifiable things for this franchise, uh, but it is nice to see him. We felt for a long time that he needed to move on, so it's nice to see him get to move on to somewhere that he wanted to go, that benefits him and his career moving forward, and that we all got to do it on good terms, unlike maybe past exits where we've had that have left the fans stinging to this day, uh, such as Aldrich, which we will maybe get into later (laughs) at some other point. All right, uh, my love this week is going to the Blazers getting some last-minute All-Star representation at All-Star Weekend over in Cleveland. No, Dame did not retroactively get put in there, but we've got Mark Mason and the Blazers stunt team heading to Cleveland to represent the Blazers. I'm in on this. Mark Mason is a legendary broadcaster as far as uh, his calls on the game. We've had him in Portland for a while, and I just got to say, Chris, I've had people come on here before. I've had guests here on Trailcasters that gave me the unimaginably huge compliment of when I was giving them the guest intro and doing all the kind of the big hype up kind of a, a mode that you do 
they they compared me to Mark Mason. They said it was like a Mark Mason intro. And I'm like, oh, my heart. Thank you for that. I'm not even saying I deserve the compliment, but I liked it. I appreciate it. And again, just to kind of show the respect to Mark Mason and the stunt team getting out there to the All-Star game this weekend. Good for them. Good for them. Good for them. Where's your hugs going? How, how are you feeling? Who needs a hug? I don't know. I think you're a little intense today. I think you might need a hug. <laughs> I might need a hug. I'm, I'm, gonna I'm feeling send good, my, man. I'm going to send my hug to you, Keith, for being, just like I said, a little on edge today. I think it's because we played some Dead by Daylight before we, we got on, and you were kind of sneaking <laughs> up the joint. Um, a little just not carrying your own weight so yeah i'm just I'm gonna give you a hug a virtual <laughs> hug here through the skype screen the nerves are frayed man i got all, all all fried out by the doctor and his little psycho thing in dead by daylight getting me hooked multiple times in some of those rounds and you know I, I'm, I'm trying to be the altruist in the game there i'm trying to go over and help people uh get them unhooked i'm trying to do it safely but then when I get hooked in the game, people just come up all willy-nilly, unhook me when I'm right in front of the killer, get me sliced again, get me hooked again. That's not how you play. That's not a pro move. I, I was I was a little uh, little on edge. But I will say that I'm happy to be here on the pod. It is it is nice and relaxing here uh, in this in this beautiful safe space that we have with Trailcasters. <laughs> um, I'm sending my hug this week to someone who is no longer with us up here in Portland, no longer part of this beautiful safe space around Trailcasters and Trailblazers. Norman Powell, former Blazers legend, down in uh, in L.A. now, he has suffered an injury. He has a fractured foot, I believe, is what I saw. Uh, And so, you know, you got to feel for Norman. He got to give Norman a hug where I, I wanted him here in Portland, thought he'd be a good piece for the future. But also, hey, if, if you know, glad to see you go somewhere that you wanted to be down back in California, down in L.A. To have that get derailed by a foot injury right off the bat, I feel for the guy. I, I hope he's doing well. Hope he's uh, still still happy, even though he's not getting minutes. And heal up quick on uh, Powell. And actually, Chris, if I can sneak in here, I got a second hug to give out this week. Do a little it, more do city based. Uh, to all the tank commanders around Portland, all, all the tank commanders that are uh, fully behind the idea that the team should be losing games, moving towards a better draft pick, I'm with you. I think that is the better path forward for the team. But when you have people like Ant and like Justice Winslow and like Nurk and uh, like Josh Hart, like the, the role players that we're seeing performing up here, you can't hate on it, man. It, I get that it's not lost. It's not helping us with the draft pick, and it's kind of keeping us in that middle ground purgatory that I've railed against a little while ago on the podcast, but it feels good to get these wins. Just just enjoy the win. Just be a fan let's, for a bit. Let's let's table this for a few minutes. So we're going to get deeper into this as we, we get into the pod, but I, I, I'm in 100% agreement with you, Keith, because I've said this before on the podcast, so you know this is something I've been in favor of. Um, I get where you want the pick. You can go get someone in. I, I am just, I am not on the tank train. I don't think yep. it's good for the culture. I don't think it's good for uh, just anything long-term. Um, and you look at the way the guys are playing right now, they're playing for each other. They're playing team ball. That's what you want as a teammate. That's what you want as a fan. That's what you want to see. But more so, it's what you want as a teammate. And I also think it sends a really weird message if the team is starting to play well. Um, you're seeing some guys like a Josh Hart, who I think is, I saw, I said this prior to the trade, how I liked him and would love Portland to get him. They did. But you're looking at a guy like Josh Hart that could be a piece uh, that this team uh not builds around, but is a piece that is used to build around Dane. Yeah. 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 I I mean, I see him, I see him as a, as a bench bench guy. Um, but if he's stuck at the starting three, you're not in an awful spot. 
Um, could get better, but again, I see him as a bench guy. Justice Winslow has come in and, and lit Portland on fire, loves it here, is doing very well, um, and he could be a piece of that as well. Um, and, and I don't understand why you would continue to want to lose so that you send the message to these guys that you just got in. But guess what? You're playing good, but you're not good enough. You're not the piece we want. We want to go get the guy who's never played in the league before. And I get that you want the I get I get that you also want the assets to trade and this and that. But sometimes, man, like I, I like to think of this from that player perspective as well, Keith. Um, do you think these guys are want to go want to going to want to go tank and lose games and get a better draft pick so they can bring a young guy in and then have to battle for the roster spot all that nonsense or do you think these guys just want to go out and enjoy the game and just play which is what they're doing right now and it's leading to some wins so why the hell would you want to why would you want to push the brakes on that so that you and as a fan can get more enjoyment out of having an asset and a and blah blah dude the guys are enjoying the game. And when the guys are enjoying the game, that's going to lead to that long-term success down the road. Let this bad boy play out, man. Don't, don't pump the brakes. Enjoy the moment. I would also say, yeah, but part of the issue is that the Blazers, we talked before about this. I really wanted to see them choose a direction. I want to say, okay, they're either going full into building around Dame or they're going to rebuild young or whatever else they're doing. Uh, and it, it doesn't seem like they've fully taken one direction they they've kind of they're still kind of splitting the road a little bit between building around aim versus like oh. being able to pivot towards a younger build if if they need to and i just feel like this the indecision all i'm saying is that the indecisiveness i think is part of why fans are gonna be out there still pissed about this where it's like if we're going to be indecisive you got to really make sure you get good assets and so i get one in the good draft pick but yeah at the same time i'm not i'm not here to watch losses man with how rough this season has been already i i love watching these wins Here's the thing too, Keith, that's underrated in all this. All these players out there who could potentially be trade targets or potentially be free agents, right? They know Portland for the mm -hmm. last eight years has been the exact same. They know, okay, we're going to face the pick and roll. We know that they're going to run drop, drop coverage on defense. Right, if I'm a right. center, I'm like, okay, that's not the defense that I want to run. So as a free agent, I'm not going to consider Portland. Or they don't get the ball out to the corner enough, and I'm a corner shooter, so I don't want to go to Portland. And if you completely go tank mode and you are putting CJ Ellaby there in your starting lineup, you are not giving players around the league enough game tape on coach billups to understand the, the what they're getting into should they hit the free agent market what he's done in the last four games especially what's been exciting about it is you're seeing a lot of the things that coach billups talked about in his introductory press conference and at the deadline the things that he wants wants to implement more ball movement ball the way movement, they're playing team defense yeah yeah exactly you're seeing these things start to materialize and to me, that goes a long way in like getting the Justice Winslows and the Josh Hart's to buy in. It goes a long way in getting uh, Anthony to to buy in and and right. want to resign. It goes a long way. I didn't even call him by his nickname. Shut <laughs> up. That's fair. That's fair. It goes a long way to getting uh, Nurk to want to resign because he's seeing those. If like if you just went full tank mode and you never saw you know the light at that end of the tunnel, it, it makes it harder to get those guys in. So I think that definitely helps in the long run. And you still have a chance, a very good chance of getting a pick out of 
of this, you got to remember, even if Portland makes the play-in, which say they get the ninth or 10th seed, that still puts them in the lottery. So you're still getting a lottery pick. Um, you're probably still getting the Pelicans pick. So it's not like uh, you're still going to get two two picks out of this thing, probably, because I don't really see Portland getting past the play-in, uh, getting you know these deep playoff runs. But it doesn't really matter because it's all based on where you finish in the seeding. So no, it's just, no, I just... Just enjoy it, man. As a fan, just enjoy the moment. Like, I want the team to win. And they start winning. You're like, oh, this sucks. They should be losing. No, just <laughs> enjoy the moment, man. Enjoy it. Have some fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. It's, we we got to be able to kind of like live in the moment here. For, like, they, We don't have enough influence on what the team's going to do long term. There's too many factors about whether Jody is selling or not, if Jody and Burt Cole are giving Joe Cronin directions on what moves he can make or can't make before the deadline versus what you know would help the team. Uh, it, it's there's, there's too many things that are out of our control to be trying to look that long term at the picture. At a certain point... At least oh, yeah, as a fan, sure. at, at, at least as a fan, at a certain point, you just got to be able to live in the moment and just accept being being a fan of what you have in front of you. Oh, and not to mention, Keith, this is a little bit of fool's gold. I mean, they're on a four-game win streak. They beat a good, good Grizzly team, but they beat the Bucks without Giannis. And when Giannis was on the floor, the Bucks destroyed portland um and you got to remember uh, yeah no Giannis just traded dante DiVincenzo, who after coming back from injury was a good part of that rotation I believe pat Connaughton's out like they're not the same when Giannis isn't on the court case in point he came back the very next night and dropped 50 on 21 shots the third most efficient 50 point game in nba history i believe it was <laughs> yeah. um they beat the knicks who are a dumpster fire right now they beat the lakers who are a dumpster fire right now so just I pump the brakes on that a little bit. I have a feeling this whole idea of tankathon, like it's going, it's going to balance itself out because if you're looking at the a team that is starting Josh Hart and Justice Winslow and giving CJ Ellaby thirty minutes a night, that's it's not a, <laughs> that's not a championship team, guys. It's, not, it's going it's to not. it's going to buoy itself out. So when you do have this little spurt of fun basketball. Why not just enjoy, enjoy it? it? Yeah, man. It's like we've talked before too. We've mentioned that this was this season's schedule, as many Blazer season schedules, uh, it tends to get way easier towards the end of the season. We're now at that point where we have one of one of the easiest schedules left as far as the actual game uh, opponent competition. So yes, I get that our our talent and our skill level has been decreased by not having players like Damon Suji on the floor. You're playing all of these young guys and, and kind of a rebuild and a new system, but we're not going up against the same people we were in the first 20 at least not yet so we'll see how that goes in the future so i listed off two hugs there send one to powell for the injury as well as the tank commanders around portland chris how about your hate where are you sending your hate mail this week i'm a loving guy and i don't got a lot of hate in my heart I, that's fair i could send my hate to to killers who camp the hook in dead by daylight and then <laughs> yes. make keith all upset and <laughs> <laughs> that's no, a good one my that's hate, a legit one my hate it's not really hate because I'm not going to hate on on the fan base. And even though we just talked about people's varying thoughts on Tankathon and not, I'm not going to hate on anyone for wanting to think the way they think. But I am going to hate on an idea. And that idea is tunnel vision. And that is, oh, Justice Winslow had a really good game, tunnel vision. So I'm not going to see the complete picture. I'm just going to see what I want to see about Justice Winslow. And he is he is the next coming of Draymond Green. And he's going to be a <laughs> starter for this le- uh, this team. And he's maybe he was the missing piece. And this is going to be the Justice Winslow trade. Come on. Please, please, please get the tunnel vision out of here. 
Please think of things logically. Justice Winslow has been in this league for seven years now, and he is what he is, and he's definitely not Draymond Green. Right. Um, and he's definitely not a starting power forward for a championship team. So, he, he looks good. He looks better than he I looks expected. Good. But yeah, he's not. He's not. He looks in, good. He looks we, better than expected. But, but he's also as not a, your starting power forward or the future. All those right. things can be true, Keith. Right. No, All you're those things right. can be yeah, true. If if he if Justice Winslow is the starting power forward for us when next season begins, Cronin failed to do something in the summer. There needs to be some other. Yes, move there. Ab- absolutely. At that position, so, yeah, more than any other. That's my really. hate. That's my hate. Getting getting out over your skis a little bit and not thinking things here logically. Like I got into it. We talked about this last week. But like got into it on on Twitter last week. It's like, dude, like no, like there's. There's no metric that you can look at or eye test that you can look at that says Justice Winslow is a better player than except, Norman Powell. Except that he can guard LeBron. So let's not forget yeah. about that. Yeah, because <laughs> no, but Norman Powell I, gets up six inches and fifty pounds to LeBron. I just I think but, last week you used this uh you used the, the getting over our skis metaphor as well. And ever since you did, I've had a hard time not using that. I feel like it's a very good uh, phrase <laughs> for just telling people like, hey, 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 you're getting a little bit ahead of yourself. Yeah, Especially living it, up in here in Hood River baby. in Mountain Town. I feel like I I, exactly. I I almost wanted to say that in the Discord today as well. But when you mentioned tunneling today, Chris, when you mentioned tunneling in your hate mail a minute ago, <laughs> I thought you were still talking about Dead by Daylight. I thought we were going back <laughs> towards it. the, the killers it. that were giving me such a hard time where they just focus <laughs> on me and don't care about anyone else. They, you know, I get unhooked. Who cares about that other guy? Just slash Keith again. Take him down. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not sending my hate mail this week to the killers in Dead by Daylight. Thank you for getting that one out there, though. I appreciate your your support. <laughs> I almost Keep didn't playing. have any hate either, honestly. I, I I was pretty short on hate this week because the trade deadline has passed. I was so burned out by that. This week, it just kind of feels nice. It feels nice to be past that and seeing these young guys playing so well and having fun with basketball again. Almost didn't have any hate mail, Chris. Almost. Until I remember how you faked me out the other day. <laughs> this dude, listeners, this guy... <laughs> We're having just some casual conversation. I'm in like the front yard, training my dog, working on some some jumps and some agility stuff. Because uh, yeah, we're doing some agility training with this dog now. It's gonna be awesome. But Chris says, "Hey, let's make some time sometime soon here to talk shop." Uh, and it's so like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no problem. Let's let's talk shop. Let's uh, let's you know we've been talking for a while about how to improve the pod, get on YouTube, get ourselves on video, get listeners in here for live episodes, and all this stuff has been kind of theoretical because there's lots of other things that kind of come in front. It's hard to move it up the priority list. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, sure, Chris. What's on your mind? What do you have to talk about? You want to start now? And his almost instant response in text was something. I don't remember your exact phrasing, but you know, yeah, I might be done. I might be uh, yeah, leaving the pod, taking a stepping down. <laughs> and look again. Let's be clear. Trailcast is here has been going for five years now. I like this is either our fifth season or we're no, I think this is our fifth season that we're in the middle of. But I've had a handful of co-hosts. I've had a couple people come in here, some for a few months, some for a couple years. Shout out to Brandon, hey! shout out to AQ, hey! shout out to Ty Delbridge, hey! shout out to Chad Home. Hey! And yeah, we, we've had a lot of people kind of come the way through. So when you said you were out. It wasn't totally unrealistic in my mind. He's like, that, here we go again. Like, I've, I've had some of these guys in the past, probably, no disrespect to any of them, but some of them, I think we talked about this over text. And, you know, that's maybe not the best way to receive some heavy news. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's happening again. The pod's going to have to reset again. Just when I thought we were getting good, we were gonna about, about to get to the next level. And then Chris just strikes me with a, 
Nah. <laughs> you had me so hard with that, man. Like, you completely, I think even the gift you sent me was like, got him. And you did. You got me. You got me hard on that. So my hit mill goes to Chris, toying with my emotions. Uh, but also. Well, quit toying with mine. Get out of your living room. Get your studio done. Get the video <laughs> component of this bad boy. Otherwise, you're gonna force my hand, good sir. Uh, all right. Hey, yeah. It, you know, you gotta keep your you, you gotta keep your star players happy. And so if I have to hundred percent set up this whole podcast to get up and get more professional, we're gonna do it. We're gonna get more my, professional. We're gonna get out of the living room. And we're also to be gonna traded. To... No, no. <laughs> There's no free agency coming for Chris. He's locked in. We have him locked in for like a five year contract. He wants to be. Hey, hey, hey. There ain't no contract. I did not sign no contract. <laughs> hey, I've got I've got loaves of bread with your name on it, just coming at you for for years down the line here. It's, uh, uh, look, I mean, he, I didn't. I, I had a verbal contract at least uh, from from Mr. Burkhardt earlier, saying he wants to be the longest tenured co-host uh, and then pull an LMA. He wants to be here longest. Say he wants to be the long-term guy and then get out of town. So I'm pretty sure. Shout out to Brandon Goldner, original co-host here on the Trailcast. I think he was here for like two plus years. So I got you for a little bit longer. We can we, let's. It's I not. It's not. It's, not, it's not based off. Of, it's not based off of years. It's based off of episodes recorded. Oh well, uh, we were pretty consistent early on. We did pretty well weekly early on. I, I, I all I'm saying is I think I got you for a little bit longer to to keep you locked in. But uh, but don't worry, I'm not gonna pull any little shade here. I'm not gonna hold off on making any actual changes to the roster to make you happy. We're gonna get up here in the in the studio. We're gonna get live episodes in here to get a whole supporting crew from our Discord, and and yeah, we'll make it happen. But we're all <laughs> we've done enough uh, done enough bullshit in here. So we're gonna get on towards actual topics this week. We want to dive in towards wrapping up the rest of the trade deadline. Uh, we talked last week with Evan McCarthy from EvanM.com. Shout out to him hey! about the CJ trade and, and moving out of New Orleans. We have a couple other trades to talk about. We'll talk about where the team is going and probably uh, both a little more at the end of the episode. But before we get into all that, I want to give another quick shout out to our Discord crew hey! and our Spaces friends. Hey! We've been having some really awesome growth on our Discord uh, in the last week or so. And again, listeners, if you are not on it yet, if you're getting sick, if you're getting sick of the Twitter toxicity, all, all the kind of rough stuff that fans have to deal with uh, in in public social media now uh, around this time of year in, in the NBA, come and join our Discord. Come and talk to us about anything you want. Really, we we have live game chats go going all the time. We get listener questions submitted for the pod here. Eventually, we will have, like I said, some live listeners involved in these episodes. So it's not just Chris and I. We'll have a whole depth of roster we'll have like a, a full 15 man lineup behind us and it's gonna be something it's gonna be nice so come and join us on discord come and get involved in all the shenanigans and all the talks and we'll be right back with some trade wrap up all right welcome back we talked last week with Evan McCarthy from EvanM.com. Shout out again to him. Hey! And listeners, if you have not been over there yet, go over to EvanM.com. That is E-V-A-N-E-M.com. He has some amazing works. Not just, like, we're talking mostly portraits here, uh, but not just of blazers. Like, I, I'm looking on his site right now. We've got CJ McCollum right at the top with some Pelicans colors. We've got Pusha T next to it. We've got Miley Cypress, John Morant. Uh, Sue Bird portraits, and you know, even if you go beyond basketball, Miley, Miley Cypress. Miley, did Cypress? I say Miley Cypress? <laughs> Miley Cy Cyrus? Cypress, Cypress Creek is that, is that the <laughs> uh, Miley Cyrus? I'm not sure where that Hank came Scorpio from. Scorpio on the brain. 
And we got Asia Wilson. Obviously, he's got some Dame stuff on there. He's got uh uh the what's the character that Dame played in uh in the Space Jam movie uh Perhaps. that they they redid Chronos. Yeah, there we go. The the time guy. Uh, he's got some DMX prints. He's got I know he's got like a Jimmy shot up here somewhere that I've seen in the past. Uh, Beyonce. Yeah, there's there's just some amazing artist portraits. Oh, the Prince one. They I don't know. Scroll down a bit if you can find the Prince one. But man, just it, it just. Beautiful, beautiful work from our buddy Evan McCarthy over there at evanem.com. That is E-V-A-N-E-M.com. Dude is getting shout-outs two hey! weeks in a row, and his his website uh, pumped up there two weeks in a row because it is that good. If you like Blazer's artwork or just good portrait artwork in general, go and check it out, E-V-A-N-E-M.com. All right, so like I said, we had him on here last week talking about the CJ trade, breaking down CJ to New Orleans, Josh Hart to Portland, uh, the lack of Nikhil Alexander-Walker staying in Portland. But, Chris, Blazers made some other moves. We also had Norm and Rocco getting traded out of town. That was the first move that happened. They got traded away for Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson. Now, Bledsoe is still in town for us here. So is Keon Johnson. But like we mentioned earlier, Justice Winslow has been the real impact piece, I guess, if you can say that, among these, uh, these acquisi- uh, acquisitions so far. In addition, did we get picks with this one? Did we get picks with this trade, or was it just player to player? A second round pick. A second round pick. So there will be some value there, but mostly, like listeners brought up, I don't remember who it was. I want to say it was maybe Tim from Busted Bucket Podcast. Shout out to him. On our Discord, someone was asking, could this possibly be known in the future as the Justice Winslow trade if Justice Winslow continues to play well for the Blazers? His playing aside... Uh, it does seem like he is the major value that we're getting out of this uh, this first pick. So Norman Rocco traded away for Justice Winslow, a middling forward who's been in the league for seven years, like you mentioned, and essentially in addition to that, some other draft or some other trade capital. Uh, whether you believe Bledsoe will be cap space, uh, Keon Johnson, maybe some other uh, asset. How are you feeling about this though? Overall, we've had some time to kind of let it digest, let it sit. How are you feeling about the value we got out of Norman Rocco leaving town? Uh, still a bad trade. Still a bad trade. Still the not C- enough. The, out C- of it. the CJ one is right in line with what I right. think his value was, and Josh Hart is a is a very valuable piece to a lot of teams in this league. Uh, Justice Winslow playing well, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but unless you're going to turn around and get something out of Bledsoe, turn Keon Johnson into something, um, and then figure out what you got with Winslow, like it's just meh because. Uh, Norman Powell is a great fit for the Clippers with what they need. It's unfortunate that he broke his foot. Um, he was only bad in Portland, quote, bad. Bad. Because uh, he's playing out of position. He's not a small right. forward. He's a shooting right. guard. Let him play a shooting guard. And I've been arguing forever that that I, I love Rocco. You guys know I love Rocco. I, I'm going to say it again, even though I don't have to. Um, but I've been telling you, Keith, that, that Rocco still has plenty left in the tank. He just needs to be in the right position. And to me, that is uh a bench bench guy not a starter and playing within a better team defensive system and roco since he's got to the clippers has been great he's yeah, actually he's, he's averaging more points per game um and his rebound numbers his assist numbers his block steals they're all right in line with what he was averaging in portland but he's doing it in in 10 fewer minutes per game coming off the bench wow. so when your numbers are in line with what you were doing but you're doing it in you know, 10 minutes, fewer time. That means you're being incredibly efficient with your minutes. Um, and so he's been good down there. So they gave like, again, Rocco was still talented. just wasn't really being used right in Portland. Powell, 
talented not being used right in Portland. And the, so they turned two talented players that had value. Um, and, you know, rumor has it that there was other deals on the table that the Blazers didn't take that would have improved the team more than what they got. And they turned that into Justice Winslow, who, again, he's been playing well. But like I said earlier, he's been in the league for seven years. He is what he is. He's, he's, not, value, he, yeah. he's not changing overnight. He's not all of a sudden becoming a stud. Like right. He's having a good stretch of games. But at the end of the day, he's still Justice Winslow. Like as um, much as we I, picked up by the young players, this is not mm-hmm. a developing quantity. This guy's a known yeah. value. What he's giving you right now is going to be what he gives you for the most part. He might have slightly better production if he's in the right fit. But you're not going to see him suddenly become yeah. a Josh Hart, let's say. You know, like even yeah, like and a role fit, and fit matters. It's yeah. it's quite oh, obvious. It's quite obvious that he fits within Coach Billups' coaching style, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's going to be if this roster gets built the way they need it to be built, Keith. He's he's your backup, backup four and maybe play some minutes at the three. Exactly. Uh, he's not your starter. Uh, Bledsoe is definitely going to be here long-term. And then uh, there so, was a lot so of... So let's, 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 let's jump on that for a second, if you don't mind me interrupting you. I'm sorry. Why no. is Bledsoe still here? Because I agree with you. He's not going to be here long-term. Uh, the assumption in my mind is that he's going to be essentially cap space relief. But why hasn't that happened yet? Why was he not let go immediately? What is it, What is kind of the goal of keeping him around? Do you see him as a trade asset? Is some other team going to want him? Where is this going? Uh, it all depends. I mean, maybe you just need him there for balancing any deals that need to happen. You have to look into what his non-guaranteed money is and all that nonsense. But but so filler just... essentially, like yeah, he's, he's yeah, trade that, yeah. That's where I, that's what I see him as. Um, I don't think he's going to offer a ton of cap relief, but he's just I don't see him playing here in Portland right now, just because I, I agree. Mean, they, what, where is he going to get minutes with Dame yeah. and, and Ant next year, um, and and what have you and. So, yeah, I think that's more filler. Um, and then, again, Keon Johnson, like, Keon Johnson is largely unproven. He's, what, 19 years old. He spent time in the G League. Um, he's a freak athlete when it comes to being able to jump out of the gym. But does that mean he's a good defender? Does that mean he can knock down open shots? Can he do all the little things that you need to do to get on the court? So you trade a starting caliber guard for a and a sixth-man type player in Rocco. Again, Norman Rocco, should, I, yep. I just don't think he should have been starting. And I say that mm-hmm. as a Robert Covington lover. Mm-hmm. Um, but you trade two really, really good pieces. And what you get back is a guy who's probably a part of your rotation. Just as a Winslow. guy who's probably gone. Eric Blackson. A guy who is a question mark project. Keon Johnson. And meh. Yeah. So you're just not, you're, you're just not giving me a lot of return on that. Yeah. So you got to see what Cronin does here. Can he flip Bledsoe for something? Again, Keon Johnson is a project, and a lot of people high on him, um, again, because he is a freak athlete. So maybe there's a lot of other GMs who are high on him as well. That could be, And you can turn around. And and, I mean, you got to think draft time. I mean, when you get to draft time, Keith, I know everyone's talking about assets and picks and this. I mean, Keon Johnson could be the guy that, I mean, when he's what, let me, let me pause for a sec. Cause I looked this mm-hmm, up, but, mm-hmm. um, Keon Johnson, boom. All right. So, I mean, Keon Johnson is, he's 19 years old. His birthday is next month. So he'll be 20 years old in March. He'll be, for the next that means season. he'll be, tw- I mean, he'll be 20 years old on draft night. And mm-hmm. he was a t- 21st pick in the draft. So when you get to trading assets, Keith, I know everyone is hung up on picks. You know what's just as good, honestly, is that first round pick that the Pelicans are going to give you or your your late lottery pick? 
is that 21st pick from last year who's still 20 years old and is basically mm. a lot basically a draft pick right now right he's basically yeah you, he's basically he's you're, you don't get the choice of who you want to pick here but he's a young undeveloped player that you already kind of have an idea an inkling of what he could be yeah you could trade him and it's basically the same as trading the 21st pick in the 2022 NBA draft. Think of it that right, way. Right. So I think he becomes an asset in that aspect. Can you keep him and, and figure out what to do with him? Absolutely. But I think he becomes that type of asset. Cause there's a lot of teams out there that maybe don't have a lot of draft draft capital or are looking at getting those young guys that they can build. And they see that guy, this guy was a top 20, 20 or a top 21 pick. That's a weird thing to say it's either <laughs> top 20 or top 25 right yeah I got but you. he was he was he was the 21st overall pick last year and is essentially still a rookie because he's only played a handful of games and spent time at the mm. g league so to i mean you understand what i'm saying and when i say yeah. there's value in that because it's essentially a first round pick that they can trade again um so i i don't know where he fits in the long in the grand scheme of things because again josh hart's got, is playing well winslow's looking like he can be a part of the rotation uh at some point you're gonna have a healthy nasir little coming back like you, you got to figure this thing out. So yeah, maybe those are the pieces that you turn around and flip. And then the Norman Powell Rocco trade looks really good when you get something back for the pieces that they right. gave you. But as it stands in a nutshell right now, I still think the Blazers got the, the short end of the stick of the deal. But, but the point being is, yeah, it's not finished. We, we have to wait for the other shoe to drop here to really get an idea of what happened, what, what kind of value Cronin got out of the trade here. It has to, but, it has to be, Keith, because you can still win, right, at yeah. the end of the day. But if, if you do not turn those three things into something tangible that benefits your team and builds around Dame, then you lost on this trade. You yep. absolutely okay. lost on this trade. I'm good with that. It is kind of a wait and see thing. But yeah, we also have, yes. we basically, yes. we give up two known quantities in Norman Rocco, two valuable known quantities for one known quantity in Winslow, one guy who might be kind of some trade filler or cap relief in, in Bledsoe, and one young talent who might be a developing player or trade capital as well. It, it's, there's, the bottom line is this was a flexibility move. We, we talked before as well. We kind of touched on this, but let's again, emphasize this. This was the first move that happened before the deadline. Uh, We've been talking about Cronin being non-Olshay, someone who's going to swing through the fences and make, make big moves. And then this move came in, and it felt weird, but it also became apparent very quick that this was maybe a move that was inspired by Burt Colt and Jody Allen more than it was inspired by Joe Cronin wanting to make moves for the team. Burt Colt and Jody Allen would, would be telling Cronin to make this move for the cap relief, to get underneath the salary cap, to not be paying luxury tax, tax next year, essentially to save the team money more than it was about building a good team. So if he was able to save the team money and do what his bosses wanted, uh, getting cap relief, while also giving the team flexibility, that's not bad. It's not horrible. It just doesn't, it hasn't panned out yet. We haven't seen the end result yet, and it's hard to really judge uh, until we know what all the value was from those kind of those, those variables, such as Bledsoe wow. and, and Keon Johnson. That's what I'm saying. You got to see where this one plays out. In a nutshell, it's a bad, it's a bad trade, but it can be redeemed and turned into something good. And you, I mean, you know, like I said, you trade, you trade Gerald, uh, Gerald Wallace for a pick and that pick turns into Dame. So, right. So right, right. you're like, Oh, was the pick like, yeah, it's a good pick, but is it really going to be worth it? You don't know. Do you draft the right guy? Blah, blah. And then you draft the right guy. So it all works out. So yeah, it, the, even the, the, I would say, like I said, in a nutshell, bad, if you were grading the trades, I would say like, I would say that the, the the Pelicans trade is an is an A for the Pelicans and a, and a B plus for the Blazers, um, so pretty even trade. And then I would say that the trade with the Clippers uh, 
pre Norman Powell injury uh, was, you know, a solid B plus for the Clippers. The only thing, I mean, that's a lot of money to take on when they're already paying mm. a ton of money to all their players. Right. Um, so it's a solid B plus for the Clippers and the grade on the Blazers is TBD. Sure. The, yeah, it's, it's TBD for now. And again, just to follow up on that before we move to the next uh, the next move Blazers made, Joe Cronin has some comments to uh, a friend of the show, Ben Golliver. Shout out to him, hey! former uh, Blazers Edge legend, Ben Golliver over at Blazers Edge back in the day, who now works for, I believe, the Washington Post, I think is what it was. But he had an interview with Joe Cronin asking about why make this trade. Cronin very plainly answered cap flexibility. Uh, they also talked a little bit about it clearing kind of a runway for Anthony Simons to be a core piece in the sense that you got Norm out of the way and all that. Uh, and at the time, we still had CJ in the roster, so fans weren't quite sure how that made sense. But obviously, we saw it later that CJ got moved. Uh, but he, he, again, the, the, the main thing from the interview between friend of the show, Ben Golliver, hey. and Joe Cronin had been that this was about caps, cap flexibility and roster balance and clearing space. Speaking of clearing space, the next move that we saw, I believe this came up after that first trade, not after the CJ trade, but somewhere in the next few days or 24 hours, whatever, Cody Zeller got waived. We barely saw Cody Zeller play for the team this year. He seemed good at first, but then he had a, I mean, at first he had a face injury. Then he had, what, a knee or an ankle thing after that. Uh, he yeah. was just, Blazer bigs tend to have bad injury luck, and unfortunately Cody Zeller was the brunt of it this season. Uh, which again, Nurk might be very thankful for. So shout out to you, Cody Zeller. Thank you for that. But he got waived. Uh, Zeller got waived while injured, making room for new guys, essentially. The idea, again, was that this is going to be about cap space and about roster flexibility. Um, now, I, I got to point out some fans, when this move happened, when we saw the, the Norman Rocco trade for not much value back immediately, and then Zeller get waived after that, some fans immediately started saying, oh, Dame is leaving. Dame, is want, Dame wants out of town. They're just trying to clear everything out to, to get Dame out. I'm calling bull on that one, guys. We, we haven't seen anything that clearly says, we can debate this more if Dame will be here long-term or not, but we have not seen anything that clearly says this was because Dame wants out, so they're going to restructure to go young. They are still very much making this about the flexibility of either Building around Dame with pieces they can get, or if they can't, if he does change his mind and he wants out, they will have the ability to pivot quickly and go young. Again, and it's not the path I would have chosen. I wanted to put both feet in one direction, but it's not a bad path. Sorry, Chris, go ahead. Well, you trade you trade two guys, two guys for three guys. You trade Norman Rook two, for three, two yeah. guys. You trade two guys for what was it? Three, four guys? Yeah, four guys with the Pelicans. Yep. Then you turn around and you trade. You trade a couple to get Joe Ingles. Mm -hmm. At that point, you 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 like none of those trades can be official and completed with if you don't have the roster move, uh, room. There's so someone, yeah. So someone has to be waived to, go. Yeah. to create that roster spot. Um, and at this point in the year, you never. I know it sounds weird, but you, you never know what's going to happen down the line injury wise. So you want to try to keep as many healthy bodies as possible. Cody Zeller was out for the long term with an injury um signed on a vet minimum so he's only 2.3 so this is not like a uh, andrew nicholson situation where you gotta you're gonna uh stretch him out and now you're paying cody zeller for five years like it's just literally mm -hmm. like we're gonna waive you we're gonna pay you your money we'll get the cap relief at the end of the year even though it's 
not really cap relief, but you get what I'm saying. Like, it's no harm. He's still getting his money. I've seen a lot of the, I don't know what they're doing with him, but I've seen a lot of these situations where like you're, he's waived, but the, um, or not playing, uh, but the facilities are still open to him to rehab and get his stuff in. So I don't, I don't know what they're doing there. I would hope that they're helping him out. Uh, but this was literally a no harm on anyone. Get rid of the body that's not going to return anytime so soon so we can, like, yeah, keep the CJ Ellabys, keep the Watfords, keep the Browns so that we have the healthy bodies on the court um, and can continue to, to work with the young guys. This is literally a, we got lopsided moves, need cap or, or a, a roster room, has nothing to do with the future of Dame and where the team's right. going. right. Yeah. Okay. So we will move on from that one as well. The next trade that came up uh, was the CJ McCollum trade, mostly for Josh Hart that we've talked about. Um, move on from that one because we covered it plenty last week with Evan. Mm-hmm. If you haven't uh, heard, please go and check out last week's episode with Evan McCarthy of Evan.com. Not only does he have amazing prints, but he's a Blazers super fan living down in New Orleans. His girlfriend is a huge Pelicans fan as well. So not only do we get the Blazers perspective in New Orleans from Evan, but we get the Pelicans background from his girl. We're probably going to have them both on the show more in the future, uh, at least just for some McCollum check-ins from McCarthy, but also just to hear more of the kind of the Pelican side and see how things are going down there. Hey, he he tweeted uh, earlier before we started recording about how he's had multiple people in the last 24 hours reach out to him, friends in New Orleans, ask him if he wanted to go out to like a local a local spot and watch the Pelicans game that night. Nice. And, he, and he said that in his years living down there, he's been there for a while now, he's never had this this level of interest in the pelican the trailcasters bump baby like tree there, there you go but that, <laughs> that is the that is the energy uh infusion that uh that cj has added to this season for them mid-season so love to see it i mean it could be part of cj but i'm also gonna just i'm gonna say it's part of us i i think that you know fa- all of our trailcasters fans down there in the big easy uh heard evan on the show and like oh man he's here in town we got to get this guy over over with us get this insight uh see what he's doing so so Thank you, Evan. Uh, shout out to all the Pelicans fans that are also listeners to the Blazers podcast up here. I'm sure that makes sense somehow. All right, uh, moving on from the sarcasm and the rest of it. The next trade that came up, the final, the third trade before the deadline, it was a three-team trade between Portland, San Antonio, and Utah. Nikhil Alexander-Walker that we got from New Orleans. He goes to Utah while Juancho Hernan Gomez goes, uh, also goes to Utah from San Antonio. Sadoransky, who we got in the uh, trade with uh, with New Orleans, uh, CJ to New Orleans and Josh Hart, Sadoransky, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker coming up here. Sadoransky goes to Spurs uh, over in San Antonio, as well as a second-round pick. Now the details we care about, what Portland got out of this. We traded away Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Sadoransky from the, uh, the Pelicans trade. We give them away... And we acquired Joe Ingles from Utah, Elijah Hughes, I believe also from Utah, mm-hmm. uh, and a second round pick also from Utah via Memphis. We don't need to get into all the kind of the, the, the trade stuff there with the, like, where the picks are coming from the rest, but Portland gets Joe Ingles, Elijah Hughes, and a second round pick for Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Sadoransky, basically two players that we had picked up as trade fodder. We had picked them up as extra in the CJ McCollum trade, and so we converted them into... Joe Ingles and Elijah Hughes. Elijah Hughes has seen action on the court for the Blazers already. Joe Ingles has been injured this season, has not seen action. Very unlikely he will ever don a Blazers jersey. Do you agree with that? 
Uh, I said that, um, and I agreed with it when I sent it, uh, but there Ooh. are other indications. I mean, Joe Cronin said that they like him as a piece. It's a piece that they'd like to bring back. You also got to remember coming off that injury, hitting the market, he's not going to command a ton of money. So mm. he's got, if they are going to be able to get him, they're going to be able to get him on something that's likely team friendly. Um, if that's the case, he's a very valuable piece to have. He's, he's a good defender. He's going to be able to hit those open shots. Um, you know, yeah, he's on the back end of 30, but it's not a bad piece of filler to have on your roster. And also the budding friendship between him and Josh Hart makes me hope that he does not leave town. <laughs> Because they are fun to watch. Josh Hart, when he gets to town here, instantly tweeting with uh, Joe Ingles about cups of coffee. Uh, and the rest of it, it's, it's been a lot of back and forth about them, about who owes who a cup of coffee and where they're getting it. And I, I believe when Hart first played his game, he brought Joe Ingles a cup of coffee at the at the Rose Garden here in town. So yeah, like yeah. you said, it's it's nice chemistry. It's something that Blazer fans love, especially when it is centered around coffee for some reason. But uh, I'm with you. At first, the assumption, I think, was kind of that Joe Ingles would be some future trade asset for another deal going down that Cronin had lined up for us at this point. Yeah. Maybe it seems a little more like Ingles would either be an Eric Bledsoe type situation that we outlined earlier, where he's an asset that is probably going to be maybe, maybe some cap relief like this, or just someone that maybe some extra trade fodder in some other uh, package that goes down or kind of what you're leaning towards. Joe Ingles may just be on the roster next year. He may be kind of that veteran power forward that veteran influence to kind of help with all these young guns help them develop in the in the locker room uh maybe more so than on the court itself now i agree with you that he's past his prime do you think he has enough for us if he if joe ingles does get minutes as a blazer next year does he have enough left in the tank that he's going to be able to play defense is, is he going to be able to actually perform on the court or is this more of just a guy who's instructing young dudes in the locker room yeah he's just a good vet to add man he's a He's going to be 35 years old on it. If he comes back, he's on a team friendly deal. Um, he's like I said, he's going to be able to hit threes. He's going to be able to play defense well enough. It's a, here's the thing. It's not as if it's 35 means you can't play defense anymore. Like you just change yeah. how you play a little bit, but yeah. uh, we're talking about we're, like, this is where you got to have these conversations with people who, who are so ingrained in, in, one team that they don't watch a lot of what other teams do and that's the fact that uh, i mean J joe ingles you know what two three years ago was a was a big piece of of that utah uh utah that utah core utah. They're, they're, they're 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 starting forward getting tons of minutes playing real well um mm -hmm. but over the last you know year or two has gone out of the starting lineup become more mm -hmm. of a bench guy filled out that role so it's not something that he's he's you know not used to and mm. so if you you look at what your open market is and all that like how are there a ton of guys better than a joe ingles that's going to be your backup small forward or a guy who can play power forward when you need him to like it's think about it this way you had a old carmelo anthony with absolute zero defense and people found reason to like him with joe ingles you would be not as offensively sound as Carmelo, but even on a on a bad leg is going to give you a little like bit that. more on the defensive yeah. end than Carmelo Anthony does, and on on again on on what could even be a like a, a vet men type deal. Like you talk about uh, trade fodder, he's, he can't be trade yeah. fodder. His 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 contract's up at the end of the year. He's a free agent, so right. He doesn't have the value for for the trade fodder thing. But I like that comparison, though. I I like the idea that 
you know, fans here locked in on Carmelo. They liked him playing here. I don't think it was just because he could get buckets. We're going to have other guys that can get us buckets. If Ingles can come in and play defense and play kind of that, if, if he is obviously the guy that's kind of conducting the defense in the back end, being vocal with other players, other young guys on the court, telling them where to get to, I'm here for that, man. Like, that's valuable to the team. It, it, we need we need more defense on this team around Dane. We've been calling that Not for Not to mention years. he's a he's a career 40% three-point shooter. Like, Ooh, see, that's nice too. Okay, okay. I could get behind this. I could get behind Ingles staying on the team. I Again, we talked earlier about the one big piece this team is missing roster-wise and fit-wise is going to be a, a good power forward, someone who can play legit minutes. I don't think Ingles is that piece. I don't oh, think hell no. is that piece either. So no. we're still kind of lacking this uh, this this power forward uh, uh, slot there. So let's just, again, use that to kind of segue into the next next conversation here. What comes next? Where is this team going? Uh, there's been di- dialogue on Discord. Again, listeners, hey. come and join our Discord if you are sick of the toxic Twitter or anything else already or just want to come have legit good conversation with Blazer fans and ask questions for the pod and participate with us. A big conversation on there has been, should Nurk stay or should Nurk go? Hmm. I feel like this could be one of the next moves we see. How do you feel? Do you think he's uh, a, a, a piece that is fit for this team in the future with only 100. being 25 years old and being a good producer 100. above average? Hundred percent. Hundred. Not not even a debate. No, I don't good. think so. Why would you? Why would you not want him to be part of your team? The dude yeah. is playing crazy good basketball right now. He's having playing some of the best basketball of his career. Now I said this to you the other day, Keith. Like everyone talks about like Nurk Fever when Nurk Fever took over and he was playing great basketball and everyone loved him. And now he's had his ups and downs. He's playing Nurk Fever type basketball again. Yeah, it's just not getting pubbed like Nurk Fever, right? But he's playing great basketball. The fact that they didn't trade him uh, shows to me that I think they have some value in him. They want him to be around. If you, you're, he's going to be a free agent, so it's not as if you're going to be able to trade him. You, you know, you talked about on spaces like the possibility of a sign and trade, maybe a DeAndre Ayton. You know, whatever needs to happen there. Like, could, would you take a DeAndre Ayton over a Nurk? Yeah, sure, I would. Hmm, he's a he's hmm, a better hmm. center and he's younger. But for what Nurk is, is gonna get, shout out to our friend B Mac who hey. said that you know you heard uh, <laughs> dumped out. on or whatever said that uh, uh, they project him to get the MLE, which would put him right in line with what he's at right now because he's at twelve mil and the MLE is right now is at nine point two five for the full mid level, so that's right in line with what he's worth. I, that's where I think he's gonna be. So if you can get Yusuf Nurkic right around his current deal. Right. Why would you not take a guy who's playing like this? He scored 32 points uh, against the Grizzlies, well, for goodness sake. So, yeah. So, so that's the real him. question then. The, the real question being, like, uh, is the price. Like, it, do, you, do you expect Nurk to get more of a price than what we've no. already been paying him in no. the offseason? No. You think right about there what, what BMAC right was about, saying as well? Right about there. I think that's his, that was his open market value when he was playing well. And he's playing well again. Um, the, the way the markets are for center are, are, are all over the place. And if you're Portland, you have to do everything you can to retain him because the, what, what you're going to get that's not named Yusuf Nurkic is right. not going to be able to fill that void. I also right. am not a believer that the that the even if they've been frugal in the past, I am not a believer that the Phoenix Suns are going to let DeAndre Ayton walk for nothing. Mm, yeah. I don't I don't think there is a deal in the world that the Phoenix Suns do not match to retain him. Um, I, I my my opinion with the Suns on that one real quick, just on a tangent. I agree with you. It's so unlikely that the Suns would let DeAndre Ayton go. They would be stupid 
to do so. They would be stupid not to keep him there. But the Suns have been traditionally very stupid when it comes to front office moves. Yeah, they, they're the, kind of like the Kings. But you also talk about the Suns who are like, oh, you know, they got a GM who likes to save money, blah, blah, blah. They went and traded for Chris Paul that everybody mm-hmm. in the world argued was on the poison pill type contract that no right. one was going to touch because of his age and the amount of money. And it's worked out for him. So, again, right. I think you look at the way that team's built. Uh, you look at where their futures are. You look at the fact that they are arguably the best team in basketball right now uh, i just don't see a situation where they let one of their core players walk away for absolutely nothing oh okay. we are gonna offer him 25 million but the blazers <laughs> offered him 26 yeah we can't match no there's just no <laughs> no feasible all right, all right. reason to let him walk well and, and the other side of this too if we're talking about aiden at nearly 30 million versus nurk at what 15 12 or 15 yeah. kind of idea say nurk is worth 15 on the open market nurkic's production on 12 mil versus aiden's on 30 for what this team needs is right. far better it's just far it's the better. same idea as what we've been talking about with cj where cj was making so much money he was taking up so much of the cap here for what he was producing when there are so many other guys around the league that were producing similar like not quite, but let's say eighty percent of the production for half the price or less yeah. than half the price. It, you got to go with a when you're trying to build a balanced roster. You got to go with that kind of that 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 cost effectiveness. So with Nurk though, over the last ten games, Nurk is averaging sixteen and a half points, beautiful, almost twelve rebounds, almost beautiful. a block and assist a game, three point something is, uh, sorry, almost block and a steal a game, three point something assist. How about this, Chris? He's averaging. Over a three-point attempt a game, and he's hitting at a 54% clip, almost 55% clip from deep. Playing well, he's playing incredible. He's and I know that. Big, man. And he's I know, and, and I know there's people who get, uh, who want to go with the injury-prone label on him. And I, I just, I don't, I don't know if I believe it. Mm, he's had two. He's had two really good, or two really good. That's a weird term to say. He's had two injuries that have kept him out for a long time. Both of them, in my opinion, were more freak injuries that could have happened to anyone rather than his body breaking down and giving out on right, him. the, the, the right. way that leg uh broke against the nets was just that could, i mean again that could have happened to anyone it's a super super rare injury it's just the circumstance of what happened in that particular play i don't necessarily think that means he's injury prone it just means he broke his leg and mm-hmm. then you look at the uh the the next year against the uh uh pacers when he he went to go for a steal and hit his wrist on another player's knee like that's gonna break that's gonna break anybody's wrist uh not someone who's just injury (laughs) prone you look at yusuf nurkic before he broke his leg keith out of i think it was 184 possible games with the blazers he missed 12 out of only 12 really yeah out of what 59 60 games this year he's missed three and they were because of COVID health and safety protocols. Right. So but not injuries is the big thing is people lump this not all together. Injuries. Not yeah. injuries. He's had two major injuries that took him out. And the the the, the leg thing, like you kind of saw coming with the because he had that little bit of a of a bone issue in the playoffs um at the end of the year that was that his first year here, I think it was. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, like but I just don't think there's enough to go on that's to, to really label him injury prone because when you look at injury prone and this and that like you if, if that's if, if 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 a catastrophic leg injury is enough to say he's injury prone then let's look at damian lillard who's missed games right, for yeah. bad wrist bad ribs bad abdomen uh bad muscle in his foot 
Like right. he has missed a lot of games for various lingering injuries. Uh, you, CJ McCollum, right? Got a lung issue, got an ankle issue, broke his foot, did that. Like, the, the, like if you want to go down the road, you could label almost anybody in this league injury prone. And again, I just don't think Nurk is that because his injuries that he has had that have caused him to miss significant time have been more of that freak injury realm, not a normal wear and tear on the body. My body just right. gets out on me more again, 300 pound frame coming down on one leg and it just snaps, you know, mm. uh, uh, trying to make a good defensive play and the wrist gets hit on a knee at full speed. That's going to do damage to anybody. So yeah. I just don't believe the full injury prone thing. I think he's a good piece. And let's go back to Aiton just for a quick second, Keith. Say you're able to get Aiton, so you move on from Nurkic, and you yep. threw out you threw out the thirty million dollar number. So now you have all your money there in Aiton. Uh, you have your money in Dame. You're going to give a ton of money to Ant. Uh, so now what do you do to fill out your small forward and power forward position? Is Aiton with a low tier power forward better than trading and using your assets to get a high tier power forward and pairing them next to Yusuf Nurkic. I don't think so. I think you're no. better paired off by, and that's where the focus should be right now as we continue right. to transition to our next topic. Probably is you ask where the team's going power forward. That has yeah, to be the focus. It has to be because I think you can get away with it. I know it's not ideal, but you can get away with Josh Hart being your plug and play small forward if you go get an elite power forward somehow um mm. whether that's your assets and trading winslow and whatever you have to do and maybe you have to change trade josh hart i don't know but that should be the focus is an elite power forward next to nurk next to dame next to ant and then with all your leftover pieces see what we can do to shore up the starting small forward spot but if power forward gets fixed i think a lot of things get fixed okay so question on the power forward thing before I move on and have some real fun in the C block here, I just I just want to hit on this one real quick. We've talked about Justice Winslow. Do you see him as a power forward? Do you see him more as a backup three? Backup three or backup four? Oh, no, he's a power forward through and through. He's, he's so he's power a backup forward four. through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what about Trenton Watford? Is Because uh, he's he's a forward. He's not a center, man. He's not big enough to be a center, but he's a big. He's a, he's definitely plays like a big. He's a very high IQ big. He's been a deep bench player for us for a while, but the dude has been producing. He's been doing well for us. I mean, for a while this season, Trent Watford took the place of Greg Brown on the roster as far as minutes. And that's only important because Greg Brown was signed by the team. He was a locked-in value where Watford was on a on a two-way contract, right, with the G League. Yeah. And Watford was getting that much more minutes, so it felt like the team was saying, hey, we see something in this guy. We want to get him here. Now, Quick, Jason Quick, shout out to him. Hey! He had an article come out just a little while ago talking about uh, a Watford and kind of his, his position here on the team and what his future could be. Points out that Trent Watford, among rookies on the two-way contracts, He's the he ranks fifth in the NBA in points, third in rebounds, and second in blocks, and oh, and fourth in minutes. So again, among two-way contracts, this dude is top five in points, rebounds, blocks, and minutes being played for for these kind of transition guys. That's valuable, man. Do you see him having a spot as a forward here in the future? No, not a bit. No, not at all. Because not I think chance. it's weird that we're arguing him as a forward. He's played almost ninety percent of his minutes as a center. Oh, you're just going to he, so he, what? You you put him more as the backup big? 
I could see that three. more, especially with, especially as an alternative to run that second unit a little more small ball when Nur- if if you keep Nurk uh, and, and then you have a guy like a Greg Brown who's a little more athletic. I think what you could even go out and do is you you could maybe use your your vet mins or whatever you have to go get a more defensive minded big, which is what they did with Cody Zeller. Maybe this is not even the end of the Cody Zeller era. Like maybe he's he's out to get a roster spot, but maybe you can bring him back because he's a better defensive big than your than Ennis Cantor was for you right but when you look at the at, at his minutes breakdowns I know it sounds weird because he's only a 6'9 guy but Trendon Watford has played 84% of his minutes at center Okay, I did not eighty-four percent of his yeah, eighty-four percent of his minutes to that same effect uh, on this on this season. Uh, Justice Winslow has play, played eighty-five percent of his minutes at power forward. So, so there uh, you go. Yeah, and and Greg Brown is is a different all altogether because I I, I use the um, comparison when we were talking about it uh, on Discord the other day, but it's like I, I Greg Brown reminds me of Tayshawn Prince. Mm, um, they're, yeah. they're, they're almost nearly identical builds. Um, it's not saying that he's going to be Tayshaun Prince. Cause there was a stretch there where Tayshaun Prince was the best three and D wing in the league. He was so Tayshaun Prince with Tayshaun Prince for a while was like DeMar DeRozan with range. He was a big dude, a big lanky guy that had no weight on him, but he had handled and he had a shot, uh, like a, a jump shot for it. And I, 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 I would love it if, if he turns into that. But yeah, it's, it's it's tough, man. Like, yeah. again, I, 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 I Prince, say he he's, just, a, he's got a jump shot. Yeah, I was gonna say he just reminds me of him in the way he's built. Like I'm not right. like and and, and, yeah. and the way he likes to get, he can get out in transition, throw those dunks down. That's what Tayshawn Prince did funk. too. Like yeah. he can, like yeah, like Tayshawn dunks. Prince was more refined offensively at this point in his career, even right out of the gate, right? And then mm-hmm. um, was obviously better defensively. I don't. Greg Brown's never gonna touch Tayshawn Prince defensively. I don't think. But mm-hmm. that's Tayshawn Tayshawn Prince was an elite defender for a stretch right, of his right, career. Right. It's a high bar. Yes, very high bar. But if you but if if Greg Brown if Greg Brown can develop that three-point shot and then be, can become a marginally good defender, that's a good piece to have. Now, mm. he, Keith, has played most of his minutes of power forward. But again, really? when I start... Yes, he's 88% God, I see of his... so much 80, more as a small ball center. It's 80, crazy. 88% of his minutes of power forward. According to Cleaning Glass, Trenton Watford mm. has played more minutes at center. Either way, Brown is a guy that I see maybe a long-term piece like i would try to keep him around i don't necessarily see him being a guy that you put in next year if you're trying to make a playoff run um and be successful with dame next year he might become your end of the bench guy like he might become Mm. your cj ellaby now you and i argued on this podcast and i'm gonna i'm gonna you know come correct with myself we argued on this podcast at the beginning of the year why we, we didn't understand why Watford was getting more minutes than Greg Brown because Greg right, Brown was the right. pick they had after being fortunate enough to be invited to some games with you and watching games in person not on TV it's clear as to why Watford gets more minutes I think you could argue that Greg Brown has the higher ceiling of the two but the one that is more mentally like ready who has that knowledge high iq basketball where where to be when to be there and making the right place right now Hmm. watford is ahead of greg brown yeah it's Watford. well uh, yeah 
Well, Wofford is a high IQ player, man. Like yeah. again, like I, my my eye test perspective has been he's such a tweener. It's hard for me to label him as a center, even after I hear you say that he's played most of his minutes there. Uh, but the thing that really does stand out is the dude doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He gets no. to the spot where he needs to be quick. He knows where he needs to be, and he's decisive about it. He, like even running the break, he is very smart about. Oh, I'm not just going to take some contested jumper. I'm going to fake it and get a bounce pass to someone under the rim. He, he makes a lot of good moves, and that's valuable. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, it, I, mine mostly is coming from the eye test, and it's interesting to hear how my eye test comparison measures up against you looking up the numbers and saying, no, he mostly he plays 85% of his minutes, or 84% at center, versus Watford uh, being more the guy uh, who's playing power forward minutes. Not how I envisioned it, but yeah, thank you. What in, I think in, is Yeah, but I think what's interesting with both those guys, and that's why I think they are worth at least keeping on the roster again I, I just don't know if either one of them is a is a major rotation guy if you're going full on we want to make a playoff push or whatever next year can they make it of course they can i think they're good pieces to have but i do think if those are say that say that greg brown is your third deep power forward and center and watford is now your third deep power forward and center next year like you're not really in a bad spot in my opinion because mm -hmm. I think I yeah. think they're both really good players Keith and and so I think I think if anything this run is is not only allowing you to see what you have in them but maybe it's allowing other people to see what you have in them so you talk about trade pieces everyone talks about uh uh ant being the trade piece and these assets that they got like they have two other assets and I know how blazer fan is they don't like to get rid of their guy but I mean, Trendon Watford and Greg Brown are dramatically increasing their trade value increasing as well. Value, yeah. So maybe an, again, more young pieces that you want to get out there. And as you talk about minutes where they go, because again, I could see Greg Brown getting playing small forward at some point. Again, if he refines that skill set, you talk about Trendon Watford uh, and where he plays. They're all undersized for being centers, maybe even a little undersized for playing the four just because they don't have a big frames. But you already have a guy on roster that you've devoted way more money and time to to kind of play that I can play everywhere position, a positionless player, so to speak. And that's Nasir Little. So, you know, there's so much to factor in when you start thinking about that. But I think we've gone on a tangent. So have fun uh, editing, <laughs> editing this. Yeah, um, so much for a short pod. No, this is great, man. Like, like it's, but I this think is the thing. I just want to go back to break down. Just real quick, round this you out. Could. If they don't trade, if they don't trade one of those three bigs, so if they don't trade Greg Brown, Watford, or Winslow to get something better, I think if you are having those guys be part of your rotation, Greg Brown is the odd man out because mm. Watford, Watford, as we've said, it, it, it's not a box score thing. When I watch him play, he makes the right decision. It's he just has smart a good basketball, basketball yeah. brain. Uh, and then Winslow at this point is the better defender of those three. And so mm. if you do, if you want to add that to your rotation and really help yourself out, you got to get that defender on the floor. That leaves Greg Brown as the odd man out of the rotation. That's why I think he's probably your third deep. Like he's your third center, your third power okay. forward. And, and maybe I, I, I see what you're laying down here. I, I can smell what you're stepping in for it. Uh, I, I, it makes sense, man. It's unfortunate. Cause I really like Greg Brown, but at the same time, Maybe this means that we need to see more of Greg Brown the rest of the season because we need to up that value, get him to be see, a really see, valuable What asset. I love about Greg Brown is here's the thing. Greg Brown was a second-round pick. Greg Brown is a rookie. Like, Greg, Greg Brown, mm. Anthony Simons 
is a guy that you're going to go give big money to be a future star for this team. And he is in his fourth year. It mm. took him until now to really refine those skills. Right. With Greg right. Brown, I see a guy that if you give him three or four years and he develops those little things we said, like I said, if he develops a three-point shot and can have that game that's akin that's to a Tayshawn Prince. Yeah. Like Tayshawn Prince was a small, uh, a small forward, but in today's day, day and age, he's probably playing more four anyway. Mm. But if he can develop those little things to be a consistent offensive player outside of just the flashy dunks, and then just become marginally good on on uh, on defense he'll get that rotation too but if he's not in the rotation next year don't be upset because these guys take time to develop it took ant four years to get here like greg brown is a second round pick he's not doing it on day one right And, and again the point right now is we i i want to as much as possible avoid the idea of we're going in two separate directions where one is building for the future and one is building for dame it's good to have the flexibility. It's good to kind of wait till the last minute to choose a direction if we have to, I guess. But yeah, I want players that are going to be good for next season and maybe the season yeah. after that, not players that are good three years down the road or draft picks that are good three years down the road. Uh, I'm with you, man. Look, we, we were going to go to a whole uh, C block today. We were going to go to a whole other segment about we're going to have a lot of fun with some, some Voltron versus Power Rangers, we'll some it. Scorpion versus some Zero. We're saving that for next week. Let's just tease that for next week because this has been some good breakdown, bro. I appreciate it. Thank you for kind of bringing the numbers to complement my eye test. This is, I'm this glad is how for we you. do it as fans. I'm glad right? that you think my breakdown is good when I just ramble and then I'm like, crap, half the time I'm mid-sense. I'm like, where was I going with this? Where was I going with this? I have to this? say, I have to say, just to further the tease a little bit about the listener questions from our guys in Discord, asking about Power Rangers, Voltron, Mortal Kombat character preference, uh, many other things we get into as well beyond basketball. But Chris, you came prepared today, bro. You're wearing a green Power Rangers shirt right now, <laughs> and I just, I, I, I'm not, I'm not lumping, I'm not putting you in a corner. I'm not saying that you're choosing Power Rangers over Voltron. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. We're gonna leave that for next week. But you came prepped, man. You got the shirt. You are ready to go. The same way that I wear a Rip City shirt every time we podcast. And I think the one time that you started to do video for us, I was wearing a non-blazer shirt. I had to go change. I just couldn't have it happen. Could not have that be the representation. You show hey. up here ready to go. I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't have enough blazer gear, man. I had to, when when I was when I was fortunate <laughs> enough to host Outsiders as the weird outsider because I was the credentialed member of the media there to help host. It. <laughs> I had to go. I had to like the comedian had to, and the fanatic. Yeah, I had to go. go I had to go to the store and buy blazer gear because it's like when you were in the media and you're supposed like I had no blazer gear because it's can't wear a blazer shirt to work <laughs> bro you, you just gotta come over to my extra call i can't wear a blazer shirt to work did you ever see me in those nbc offices for like the last couple of years I wore your a work was a producer day, for radio my work <laughs> was being in the locker room doing player interviews i can't wear a blazer shirt while i'm trying to go ask lebron a question come on you should be wearing a blazer jersey i want to see you wearing a mccollum jersey when you go up to ask mccollum a question that'd be the way to do it that's how you do it all right no, I, I wanna, I get now point. i want now i want to see a reporter show up and basketball gear <laughs> be awesome it'd be so good it'd be so good like can you, you know see how... him trying to ask lebron a question and be like so why aren't you wearing any uh where's your lebron's at Where, hey, where's your kicks yeah you know you know how you know how baseball managers wear wear the uniform yeah so that needs to be an nba thing i want to see coach oh, billups yeah. i want to see coach like coach billups should have to wear a jersey yeah and then 
if he doesn't want to, you know, get too cold, then he has to wear the warm-ups the entire there time. There you go. No, you know what? That's what the sleeve jerseys are for. The sleeve jerseys are for those professionals on the side. The like sleeve. Give, give the sleeves, the 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 the, the shirtsies, right? The, the the shirtsies that we had a couple of years ago. Bring those back for the coaching staff and the dudes on the sideline. So when they're sitting there with their arms crossed on the side, yelling at the refs, they got like the the full like you know just kind of the tight sleeves going, makes them look real strong and fit. Uh, that that's what those things are good for. I'm a, a traditionalist when it comes to the to the jerseys. Remember, like years and years ago, when uh, like uh, two Blazer fans went to like prom or winter formal or whatever, and they had like the Blazer tuxedo. Yeah, you remember that. Yeah, I want to see. Just... I want to see Coach Billups rock a Blazer tuxedo. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, dude, Blazers. If Blazers had a tux, we we'd get some pinstripes going in there. Maybe some like diagonal pinstripes, even get some blazer colors into the little threading. Okay, different pod entirely. Uh, the the trail fashioners uh, is is a, a separate episode, maybe in the off season. Much like uh, instead of trailcasters, we're gonna have gamecasters at some point because we we can't not do it, man. Like we got some, I think probably a good hour of audio when we were playing DVD uh, earlier. We're, we're gonna get some of that involved and get some of our other uh, our Discord friends over here in in Dead by Daylight or in Rocket League since that's a a fun team game too. We'll see how it goes. Trash. I'm more of a <laughs> but for now for today that catches us up on everything from the trade deadline it's still hard to really tell where this team is going we won't really know like i said earlier until the other shoe drops until we see what kind of value we're getting out of these extra pieces like bledsoe like ingles like uh keon johnson uh how many of them stick around with the team like justice winslow if greg brown makes the cut if nurk sticks around lots of things here to still fall into place and answer we will address all that on a future episode. But for now, in closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, as always, Christopher Joseph Burkhart. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. Also, thank you, all of you Discord members, for being on our Discord. If you're not on there yet, what is wrong with you? Come and join us on Discord. The link will be in the episode description. Post questions on there. And, you know, we'll try and get to those questions eventually. Uh, even if we don't get them in this week, we'll, we'll put them in next week. So please come back next week for all of the Sub-Zero versus Scorpion talk, the Power Rangers versus Voltron, and maybe we'll also discuss some Blazers. Thank you for a great listening to everyone. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. <laughs> yeah, so much for a short episode today, huh? <laughs>